Good morning, good afternoon, depending on what time you may be listening to us at. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Today we have to start things off with some sad news out of Florida as former San Diego Charger and Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Vincent Jackson has died at the age of 38. Jackson was found dead in a hotel room after his family reported him missing on February 10th. Now, two days later, uh, that that uh, missing person report was canceled as the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office had come, in co- come into contact with Jackson at a Homewood Suites hotel and spoke with him. Uh, after they assessed Jackson's well-being and made sure that he was okay, the missing person's ca- uh, case was canceled. Which then brings us to Monday morning when Jackson was found deceased at 11.30 a.m. by a uh, housekeeper. As of now, it, there, appears to be, have, there appears to have been no signs of forced entry or trauma, but the police will continue to investigate his death. Uh, and I mean, with the COVID-19 pandemic, and everything that goes on in the world, everyone knows that people could pass it away at any time. But it is impossible to get used to someone who is truly larger than life to a lot of people passing away at such a young age. But, I mean, that it's something that happens. Uh, I still remember where I was when I found out that Kobe Bryant had died in a, his... Uh, his helicopter crash and because of that we, we just eventually every once in a while we'll deal with getting smacked in the face with some awful news that someone has passed away if i could give out one message from this segment it would be to never take anyone for granted if you wanted or if you want to see someone or if you want to be with them or just get to know them better see them do it like go go do that thing that you want to do because you shouldn't live your life taking each moment you have on this earth as if there will be more moments because none of us know when our time is done if you want to start something if you want to get to know someone do it because for all you know in two weeks they could be gone Vincent Jackson left it all on the field with the Chargers and the Bron- or and the Buccaneers, becoming a three-time Pro Bowler. He was an avid member of his community and touched so many lives with his Jackson in Action 83 Foundation, which helps to support military families. And three years ago, Jackson had even been named a honorary deputy by the Hillsborough Sheriff's Department, recognizing his tributes and dedication to his community and i mean he's going to be remembered as a valued member of his community a valued member of the san diego chargers and the tampa bay buccaneers but i'm just like to take a moment to talk about the walter Payton man of the year award that's given to players who you know they they show a lot of effort 
they give a lot of their time to charity and to their community. And every year that he was with the Buccaneers, he was a finalist for the Walter Payne Man of the Year Award. And when you think about that, he had an instant impact on his community when he arrived in Tampa. And all of his hard work and dedication will be surely missed by the community. Also, by, of course, by his family, his wife, his three kids, Carter, Amaya, and Dominic. Now, I mean, in a time like this, it's hard to just switch to a new segment. But my and my my condolences do go out to the family and the friends and the former teammates. But we do have to make a switch to some football news, and it will be hard to switch in a time like this where there's such a prominent former player that has passed. But that is something we must we just must do so so to kick things off after that switchover i'd like to talk about matthew stafford and the amount of communication that he is doing over these past couple weeks and i feel like he's talking more than he ever did with the detroit lions i mean you never really saw him or a lot of people i know did not know what matthew stafford sounded like prior to these past couple weeks and kind of raised some questions in my mind like does Matthew Stafford now feel like he has a voice with the Rams because in Detroit it kind of just seemed like he was the player that was told to almost shut up and just do your job and now he has Stafford has a tremendous amount of pressure on him probably more pressure than any other quarterback heading into the 2021 season. I mean, he went from being told he only succeeded in Detroit because of the weapons around him, like Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. And now he's being told that he's going to be the reason the Rams will make a Super Bowl and possibly win a Super Bowl. And that's a lot of pressure. The Rams gave up on gave up Goff and uh, and three first round draft picks. Goff had helped the Rams get to a Super Bowl. And with him added to those three first round draft picks, I believe that the only way the Rams are able to say they won this trade in 5 or 10 years is if Matthew Stafford gets them to a Super Bowl and wins it. Because if he just gets to the Super Bowl, Jared Goff has done that. They could have possibly done that again, especially since Jared Goff is younger. But I believe in five to ten years, one of these two teams is going to be the loser of this uh, so-called Matthew Stafford experiment. Because if he succeeds with the Rams, then that means it is because it, it becomes evident that the Lions couldn't slash didn't know how to build anything around Stafford. And if the Rams go or got it wrong by trading for him, then maybe Les Snead and Sean McVay will be on the hot seat for trading away a player who helped get them to a Super Bowl and three first round draft picks that could have been the potential reason that they make it to a Super Bowl. That's something we'll never know now, of course, but we just got to speculate a little bit. And, I mean, 
Goff has been to two to two Pro Bowls, to only Stafford's one Pro Bowl. Stafford's played longer, um, and you know I can't help but feel like in heading into this whole entire season, there's going to be a lot of big moments that Stafford is going to have to play Trump like amazing. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of big moments and big games. And is he going to be able to will himself and the team to a victory? Is he going to be handicapped by star players uh, wanting the ball too much like he was with the Detroit Lions? And if so, will he control that player and be a supreme leader like like a Super Bowl caliber quarterback is? Like a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning a Brett Favre, a Joe Montana, a John Elway. When he had Megatron, he felt as though he had the obligation to get Megatron the ball. And that is going to pl- and that could play a factor heading into this next season. Will he feel obligated to get Robert Woods and Cooper Cup the ball in certain situations? They don't seem like the type of players who complain about not getting the ball enough, but there are there are definitely situations that wide receivers feel as though they are better equipped at making plays more than other more than their teammates. If any of you are listening, uh, played wide receiver at any competitive level, high school, college, pro, you know there are moments where you questioned why your quarterback threw a ball into into danger when they when you were wide open in your opinion or had a defender beat on a route. And do those wide receivers tell Matthew Stafford, in big situations, only look for one of us, especially with a quarterback they know can get them the ball, unlike Jared Goff, which I'm not trying to take a shot at Jared Goff at all, but Matthew Stafford has better accuracy. He has better vision, and he has better arm strength. Are they going to be telling him, in big situations, hey, throw it up to me. I got you. I'll get us to that next game. It's just kind of something to think about. And, you know, like I said, in five to ten years, we're going to all be looking back and think, who won this trade? Do the Rams win a Super Bowl? Because if they don't, I don't think they've won this trade. I think they lose it. I think that's the only way they can win this trade. And... You know, the, the only way the Lions win this trade is if is if these three first-round draft picks that they got are very good players and players that contribute to their team over a long year span. Because, quite frankly, Jared Goff, no one's expecting him to do much. No one's expecting him to lift Detroit from the depths of hell that is Detroit or that is the Detroit Lions franchise and take them to the promised land. No one is expecting that. So the bar is really set really low for him. I'm sure if they went six and ten, they'd be like, oh, that's not bad for Matthew Stat or for uh, Jared Goff right now with this team. But in uh, three years, when they have these three first-round draft picks that they've used, will they have made the right choice? Will they have gotten players 
that the entire league looks at and says, this is a transcendent player, or this is a very valuable player to any franchise. And that's the way they win this, or win in this deal. Because if they just draft players that are one contract and done, or like just quite frankly bus, then they lost this and they just proved to everyone even more at how dysfunctional they are while drafting and while developing players, which I have a family member and some friends who are Detroit Lions fans. So I hope to God that doesn't happen for their sake, but it truly was a roll of the dice with uh, them trading to getting golf. I mean, it, the potential's there. The risk factor is definitely there as well. And that's, uh, that's something both these teams have to deal with. And they're going to have to live with their decisions. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, we'll be talking about where the top free agents, uh, where, where will top free agent J.J. Watt want to go? Do you think it will be the Packers, the Steelers, or somewhere else? Now, if you haven't heard by now, the Houston Texans have parted ways with their former defensive end, J.J. Watt. The three-time Defensive Player of the Year will be on the free agent market for the first time in his career. And it begs the question, where would he like to go? Who wants him on their team? Well, I've narrowed that down to about five teams that would love, and it would make sense for these teams, but they would love to have him on their team. Starting off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers make sense because they're going to be losing Bud Dupree in free agency. So they're going to need to replace him at that at that pass rush pass rush position, and I mean it makes sense for Watt to want to go there as well, just because I'm sure he's always wanted to play with his brother on the same team. Add to the fact that his other brother Derek Watt plays on the offensive side of the ball. This just makes sense, and I think it'd probably be his number one favorite to go or number one favorite place to go just because of that fact added to the fact that he would be competing for a Super Bowl since the Pittsburgh Steelers did go 11 and 0 granted that was probably the worst 11 and 0 team we have ever seen in NFL history either way they went 11 and 0 and maybe he could help push them into that Super Bowl contention this year so that's the reason why I think he could maybe want to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two is the Green Bay Packers. Whose childhood dream is it not? Well, who doesn't have the childhood dream to play for their favorite team growing up? J.J. Watt grew up in in, uh, Pewaukee, Wisconsin. He grew up a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm sure he would love and even take a hometown discount to play with the Green Bay Packers. Now... The question is, do the Packers want him? I believe they will. Uh, you know, they struggled to get a good pass rush on Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game. They clearly need more help at the defensive line position. So it seems to make sense that they would add some more help 
And also, if you could get J.J. Watt at maybe a lower price as a hometown discount, why would you not take it? Number three would probably be the Buccaneers. Now, this makes sense because the Buccaneers, like these other teams that I've stated, are Super Bowl contenders this next year. The Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. And, you know, to go to Tampa Bay, he would know that he'd be playing with Tom Brady. And just like many other vets, they know that if they play with Tom Brady, they have a good chance of winning a Super Bowl. That's why there's so many of these veterans that signed with Tampa Bay at a good price. So that way they could win a ring. No, There's no shame in saying it. They're ring chasing. Now, add to the fact, they're going to be losing some pass rushers this year, most likely, to free agency. So it makes sense for them as well. So that's my number three pick, the Buccaneers. The number four pick is the Cleveland Browns. Now, the reason why the Cleveland Browns make sense is because they have a ton of cap space. They can afford him if he wants more money. Add to the fact they're in a Super Bowl window. They have a need of pass rusher uh, opposite of Miles Garrett. And could you just imagine that tandem coming at you as a, if you were a quarterback, seeing Miles Garrett on one side and then J.J. Watt on the other? Offensive lines will struggle against that matchup and could potentially make one of the best defensive lines in the NFL just by adding J.J. Watt. So... It would make sense for the Browns, and then it would also make sense for J.J. Watt because of the fact that they are Super Bowl contenders. They almost were able to beat the Chiefs to go to the uh, AFC Championship game to face the Bills, a game that I believe if that game would have been played, Bills versus Chiefs, or Bills versus uh, Browns, the Browns win because they're more balanced than the uh, than the Bills are. So... My number four pick would be the Browns as a potential pick for J.J. Watt to go. Now for the fifth pick, which I believe would be kind of foolish of J.J. Watt if he went here. but And even for this team, it'd be a little foolish. But it could potentially happen. The fifth team would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the reason why I think this is foolish is because the Chiefs are already two million or $22 million in debt for next year. They're going to have to cut some players. Added to the fact they're taking on the Patrick Mahomes deal that Patrick Mahomes signed last year, which will definitely cause some issues with retaining uh, talented depth players. And... It's just going to create some issues that I feel like will not make them a... They'll they'll be competitive and, of course, probably make the playoffs. But I don't consider them serious Super Bowl contenders because of the cap issues added with Patrick Mahomes' contract being taken on. And, I mean, we don't even know what the cap number is going to be this year. They're predicting in the $180 million range. But we don't know. And I think it would be a kind of smart for J.J. Watt 
if he wanted to finish his career just on a winning team to go there. But I know he wants a ring. I know the Chiefs want to try and get back to the Super Bowl. And we don't know what J.J. Watt has left in the tank. J.J. Watt could be washed up. I hope to God that's not true. Um, And that's not something I'm trying to say. But does he have one good year? Does he have two good years? Does he have none? We don't know. We'll have to see this next season. And I feel like it would just be a poor uh, gamble for the Chiefs. And I think that it wouldn't really give J.J. Watt the opportunity to win a ring. Now, a little extra tidbit is maybe for like a sixth team. The sixth team that I think he could maybe go to is whatever team Deshaun Watson goes to. Because Deshaun Watson could end up recruiting him there. When you get Deshaun Watson, you instantly know you have a quarterback that you trust, that you've even said that the Houston Texans wasted a year of his career. He knows what uh, what Watson is better than most media people and everyone around the league. Who says he doesn't want to play with Watson, follow him, and may win a ring with him, or potentially win a ring, depending on what team he goes to. Just something to think about. Uh, And I think that one is the most far-fetched one, but it's still a possibility. But all these teams do need to take in consideration. Watt may not have anything left in the tank. We don't know that. I hope to God that's not true. I hope that he has at least two to three good years or solid years left in him. But no one knows. And we won't really know until the start of next season. And who says he doesn't get injured? These are all factors that these teams need to take in to consideration when signing the 31-year-old defensive end. I mean, anything can happen on a football field. An injury, uh, just a decline in play. And quite frankly, he is old. He hasn't played a full season, I believe, in four or five years. So... It's a risk. It is a risk for these teams, but I think the reward outweighs the risk. And I believe that's why a team will pursue him and get hopefully a tremendous player. But that about wraps it up here. I'm going to say good night or good morning or good afternoon one more time to... Whatever time you may be listening, I hope you all have a great day and we'll see you again soon.